It is great to be able to continue our worship this morning. I know we have visitors who are here. Thank you for being here. If you have any Bible questions, please let us know after our services are dismissed uh, this morning. Thank you for being here. Uh, Let's continue on with our study in the Word of God. I want you to imagine this scenario for a moment. Take yourself back to the days of Israel, particularly in the days of Moses. And in the days of Moses, you hear about God giving Moses the law in Exodus chapter 20. If you have your Bible, open it up, please, to Exodus chapter 20. And during this time, as uh, God is giving Moses instructions, Moses is teaching you some things about God and his law and his word. And you learn the importance of worship. In Exodus chapter 20 and verse number 3, God spoke all these words saying, in verse 3, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol or any likeness of what is in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the water under the earth. You shall not worship them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of your fathers on the children on the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. You hear God's word and you see how serious it is when it comes to putting God first and only worshiping God. And you learn some other things, or maybe you're just reminded about some other things. You're reminded about the Sabbath and how the Sabbath day is a holy day. In Exodus chapter 20 and verse number 8, this is what the Lord said. In verse number 8, he said, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male or your female servant, or your cattle or your sojourner who stays with you. You are hearing all of these words. You're being taught all of these words at the Sabbath day is a day that must be observed every week and that God is worthy of worship. Now, a couple of questions I want you to think about as an Israelite, after hearing about how awesome God is and after hearing about the importance of the Sabbath day, when would you begin to make preparations for that day? You know when that day is going to come. And it's going to come on a weekly basis. When would you begin making preparations for the Sabbath day? Secondly, where would your mind be as the Sabbath day approached? As it got nearer, maybe the day before, where would your mind be? And then thirdly, after the Sabbath had passed, how would you be changed? What would change in your life after the Sabbath day had passed, after you had observed the Sabbath day? Well, the Bible in the Old Testament, it gives us a glimpse into the mindset that the Israelites were to have. It was a very serious mindset. It was something that they needed to really focus upon. I want you to turn over to Exodus chapter 16. Remember in Exodus chapter 16, I did a lesson, I don't know, maybe a few months ago from Exodus chapter 16, talking about manna. In Exodus chapter 16, we see here that the Israelites already had some understanding about the Sabbath and observing the Sabbath and what they were supposed to do. In Exodus chapter 16, beginning in verse number uh, 22, the Bible says, Now on the sixth day they gathered twice as much bread, two omers for each one. When all the leaders of the congregation came and told Moses, then he said to them, This is what the Lord meant. Tomorrow is a Sabbath observance a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake and boil what you will boil and all that is left over put aside to be kept until morning. So even 
even during the time when manna was being given, that people had a good understanding that the Sabbath day is coming, and therefore we need to make sure that we are properly prepared for the Sabbath day. You see, this was not going to be just some uh, you know, just some spur last moment of the thing. Okay, the Sabbath day is here. Let's make sure that we're ready. And verse 29, he said, see, the Lord has given you the Sabbath. Therefore, he gives you bread for two days on the sixth day. Remain, at, uh, remain every man in his place. Let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. And so there needed to be preparation. The Sabbath day was not supposed to be some kind of, just some kind of afterthought. For the Jews. And even in the first century, look over in Luke chapter 23. And Luke chapter 23, as we get details about the death of Jesus, in Luke chapter 23, as we get details about the death of Jesus, we see that Joseph, a man from Arimathea, asked for the body of Jesus in verse number 51 and 52. And then in Luke chapter 23 and verse 53, and he took it down and wrapped it in a linen cloth and laid him in a tomb cut into the rock where no one had ever lain. It was a preparation day and the Sabbath was about to begin. Now the women who had come with him out of Galilee followed and saw the tomb and how his body was laid. Then they returned and prepared spices and perfumes. And on the Sabbath, they rested according to the commandment. I just want you to notice that Again, there was this idea of preparation, preparing themselves for the Sabbath day. They knew that the Sabbath day was near, and therefore they needed to make sure that they were fully prepared. The Jews had to put a lot of effort leading up to the Sabbath day. Their hearts had to be in it. And I've mentioned this before, I'll say it again, that when you think about the Israelites, even to this day, the Jews make sure that they are prepared for the Sabbath day. That things will shut down beginning on Friday and things will not open up again until on Sunday. I saw that when I went to Israel last year that things were shut down, they were closing things and they were getting ready for the Sabbath day. Now, the the point I want you to see here, obviously we don't observe the Sabbath. The Sabbath day is no longer in effect. That was for the Israelites, that was for the Jews. We're under a better covenant. But for us as Christians, what day is emphasized? Well, we know what day is emphasized, right? It's today. It's the first day of the week. It's a day. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a special day. And we see that beginning really in the day of Pentecost where the gospel is going to be proclaimed. We know that Jesus rose on the first day of the week. We know that the saints gathered together on the first day of the week to worship God, to remember the sacrifice of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And so as we think about who we are, the people of God, we should view this time where we come together as a very big deal. That what we are doing right here, right now, is a very big deal in the eyes of God. And all we do, we seek to give God our very best. And when I say our very best, I'm not just talking about whether or not you're wearing a tie or maybe a three-piece suit or a big hat or something like that or nice dress clothes. Our very best, what I'm referring to, I'm talking about our hearts. And obviously dress does matter. Don't get me wrong with that. But what I'm emphasizing is we give God our very best. And what I want to focus upon this morning, I talked about it in the first worship hour, is that as we think about 2019, 
that it really has to be all about heart, that it really comes down to our hearts and how we're going to approach God in everything that we do. Turn over to Ephesians chapter 5, and I want you to look at verse number 19 here. In Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 19, there's been many sermons from Ephesians chapter 5 uh, as we talk about the type of music and worship, and we're not necessarily talking about that today, but I do want you to notice something in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 19. As Paul was speaking here, he said, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. There's an emphasis upon the heart, obviously, our singing. We don't use musical instruments. We don't have authority for musical instruments. But our worship, particularly with our singing, and really in everything else we do, it must come from the heart. And what I want to emphasize this morning, just for a few minutes, is that when we think about our worship, that it has to be all about heart. That our worship has to be all about heart. That what we are doing right here, right now, it has to be about having the proper heart. And maybe something good for us to think about is how often are we thinking about the first day of the week? I mentioned earlier in my sermon, I was thinking about this, and I know all of us probably were, about this day yesterday. We've been anticipating this day for really the last three months. We've been building up to this moment where we uh, began our worship services at 9 o'clock, and uh, hopefully you've been um, uh, encouraged today as we have worshiped with one another this morning. But how often are we thinking about the first day of the week? The first day of the week indeed is a very special day. It should be a special day for us. Are we only thinking about worship and our God only when we arrive here at the building? Or are we really putting our hearts into it? In Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 19, we know that as we are here, as we are worshiping God, it's got to be about our hearts. Would you agree with that? Would you agree that it has to be about our hearts, that there's going to have to be some effort that we put into this, that as we worship God, we don't just kind of hit the, the, the cruise control button, but we're going to have to really be intentional. Well, I want to expand that a little bit. It's not just when we are here from 9 to 12 where we say, okay, it's got to be all about heart for Benjamin Lee, or it's got to be all about heart for you and your family. I want you to think about this, that even before we ever get here, that before we ever worship as a group, as a family, that it really needs to be all about heart. I want you to notice that in the Old Testament, that's what we see, that when you look at the Jews in the Old Testament, there was a mindset that they had that whenever they would present themselves before God, there was some type of a preparation, whether they knew the Sabbath day was near or whether they knew that uh, something God was going to require of them. Look back in Exodus chapter 19. In Exodus chapter 19, uh, and look at verse number 10 in Exodus chapter 19. In Exodus chapter 19, beginning in verse number 10, the Lord also said to Moses, go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow and let them wash their garments and let them be ready for the third day. For on the third day, the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. As God was going to come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people, you see what, Moses, what he told Moses to do? You make sure the people do what? You make sure that they prepare themselves, not that day of and not the day before, but make sure that they are getting ready three days in advance. And there's something powerful with this idea that they were about to be in the presence of God. And so he said, you make sure that you are preparing yourselves before the event actually ever happened. And I think there's something powerful for us to really think about when it comes to our worship, that our worship, as we come together as a family, 
we know that our preparation just can't be the last moment. That there has to be some kind of preparation involved. And certainly preparation with the, the preaching and the men and the slides and things like that. But there has to be even more preparation. There must be preparation in our hearts. In Acts chapter 20, and I keep going back to this text here. Look back in Acts chapter 20 and verse 6 and 7. In Acts chapter 20 and verse 6 and 7, we know that the apostle Paul, in Acts chapter 20, Paul had made special preparation. He had made preparation to worship God. And Acts chapter 20 and verse number six, the Bible says, we sailed from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread and came to them at Troas within five days. And there was, and there we stayed seven days. And the first day of the week, when we were gathered together to break bread, Paul began talking to them, intending to leave the next day. And he prolonged his message until midnight. Paul, he stayed there for a week because he knew what he needed to do. He knew he was going to worship with the saints. He was going to gather with the saints. And it was not going to be just some kind of spur of the moment type thing. It was going to be something that he had planned for. And the point that I want you to see is that when it comes to worship, that it has to be all about our hearts. That even before we gather here at the building at 9 a.m. or on Wednesdays or whenever the case may be, that we make the proper preparations and that is going to require heart. That's going to require effort on our part. That's going to require that we properly plan and that we are thinking about things in advance. And when you think about this moment here, it really is something that we should all truly take some time to consider. What preparations do we make when it comes to our jobs? And what preparations do we make when it comes to a football game or a soccer game or a vacation? We're putting in a lot of preparation, aren't we? What preparation do we make when we just go out maybe for fun or or have some entertainment? We put a lot of preparation Uh, we make a lot of preparations for that moment. And I guess the question I want you all to think about is, what kind of preparations have we made for this particular moment? What preparations have we made to worship God? Yes, we need the kids up and we need clothes on the children and gas in the car and food in our belly and things like that. But maybe more importantly, what preparations do we make in our hearts? When you think about coming here this morning, did you make any preparations this morning? I'm not just talking about the things that we all know that we need to do, but the bigger issue. Do we prepare our hearts to worship God? Did we have our minds on spiritual matters? I will tell you that every morning it's a battle. Uh, Every morning is a battle for me to focus on things that are spiritual because there are so many things that can occupy our time. I don't know about you, but as soon as I wake up, I'm thinking about what do I need to get done? And I'm, I'm talking to some of you on Facebook, and I'm thinking about uh, what am I going to do with working out and stuff like that, and what sermon do I need to put together, or where am I at with this, and where am I at with that. If not careful, it can be very easy to kind of slip and, 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 and miss these opportunities to really prepare our hearts. And Sundays can be just as challenging as well. I don't know about you, but it typically seems like things happen on Saturday nights and typically on Sunday mornings as well, where challenges arise, where it can become difficult for us to really prepare our hearts and our minds to focus on Jesus. And maybe what this might look like for us moving forward, maybe we maybe we wake up early earlier on Sunday or maybe we go to bed earlier on Saturday to prepare for this time right here, right now. Maybe we fast beginning sometime on Saturday or Sunday morning to really prepare our minds as we think about what we are getting ready to do. 
Maybe we just eliminate social media or video games so that our minds can be focused on things above and not on things below. Whatever the case may be, maybe it's following up with our children with Bible class material, whatever it may be. We have to prepare our minds for this moment of worship. You know, we've been here since nine this morning. And while this may feel like a long time, in the big scheme of things, in a week, we're only here for a short amount of time. From about 9 to 12, once a week now, on Sundays, we're going to gather together. 9 to 12. That sounds like a long time. And for maybe for some, it could be a long time. But in the big scheme of things, this is a small amount of time that we have together as we are worshiping God together. And so we must make the necessary preparation so that we get the most out of giving God our very best, giving God our glo- the glory that he deserves. That's what God is after. He wants our hearts. And that means that we're going to have to put in that effort to truly give him everything that he truly deserves. But it's not just before our assembly, even during our assembly, we have to give God our hearts. Now, I mentioned to you and go back to Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 19. Now, we look at this passage here, and certainly this is a great text to go to when you're talking to someone, maybe at the job or maybe someone in your neighborhood, or you're having a Bible study about Bible authority, and you want them to see that there's a new covenant and that there's a way that God expects us to worship him. That's all good. That's fine. We need to do that. And we'll talk more about things like that in 2019. But notice, remember, he's talking to Christians and he is encouraging them as you worship. He said, you speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. This is powerful. And it means that we're not just kind of going through the motions, that what we have already done this morning is, 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 is worship. And it's to be something that we take very seriously, that even singing, and I've made jokes before about singing. I'm going to stop making jokes about singing and even my singing, all right, because we are to sing and give glory to God. We are to sing, making melody in our hearts to the Lord, that this is all about God. And yes, we strive to get better. We strive to improve and we do the best that we can, but making sure that we understand that when it comes to singing, And that when it comes to worship as a whole, it takes effort. It takes a lot of work. And Paul is emphasizing the same thing in Colossians chapter 3. He's going to emphasize the same thing that he mentioned here in Colossians Colossians chapter 3 and verse 16. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. This requires effort. It requires heart for us to truly embrace this moment and to focus solely on this moment. One of the biggest challenges in our world today is just paying attention, paying attention and not allowing our minds to become distracted to the things of the world. That's one of the hardest challenges that I think so many people face today. And yet this is what God expects. He expects us to worship him and to truly pour out our hearts. I think about Hebrews chapter 13 and verse number 15 and Hebrews chapter 13 and verse number 15. The Hebrew writer reminds us here in Hebrews 13 and verse 15 through him. Then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name. That's going to require that's going to take work. That's going to require effort. And what is amazing about all this, when you go back to the Old Testament, 
the Sabbath day was a day of rest. The people were to rest, right? They weren't supposed to do certain things. And yet, what's interesting, the priests of God were still doing things on the Sabbath day. They still were working. In Leviticus chapter 24, look over in Leviticus chapter 24, and I want you to notice in verse number 8, in Leviticus chapter 24, in verse number 8, the Bible says in Leviticus chapter 24, and you go back up to verse 1, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Command the sons of Israel that they bring to you clear oil from beaten olives for the light to make a lamp to a, a lamp burn continually. He gives them all these details, and then in verse number 8 he said, Every Sabbath day he will set in order before the Lord continually. It is an everlasting covenant for the sons of Israel. So even though it was the Sabbath day, there was some work that was authorized by God that was still taking place. And my point I want you to see is that this is going to require work. It was going to require effort. In Numbers chapter 28, look over in Numbers chapter 28. I want you to notice verses 9 and 10. In Numbers chapter 28 and verses 9 and 10, as he began in verse 1, again, the Lord is speaking to Moses and he's saying, Command the sons of Israel and say to them, You shall be careful to present my offering, my food for my offerings, by fire of a soothing aroma to me at their appointed time. In verse 9, he said, Then on the Sabbath day, two male lambs, one year old without defect, and two tenths of an ephah, a fine flour mixed with oil, as a grain offering and as drink offering. This is the burnt offering of every Sabbath, in addition to the continual burnt offering and as drink offering. Here's my point. There's a lot of work involved here, wasn't there? That was a lot of work that was taking place, even on the Sabbath. The, the priests would have work to do. And you think about who we are in the kingdom of God. When it comes to worshiping God, it requires effort. It requires work. It's not just merely getting here, but it's actually staying and recognizing what we are doing. That this is not about me, and it's not about, it's not about you. It's not about the length of the sermon. It's about what are we giving to God? What sacrifices, what praise are we giving to our Father in heaven? And so even during our worship services, it has to be all about God. And this is going to require effort on our part. And I think the way that we accomplish this, the way that we do this, is by remembering who's in the audience. That God is in the audience, that he is in our midst, that he sees what we are doing and that he is pleased as we worship him and that he sees what is going on truly in our hearts. And it means that we come here with a humble spirit, that this is really a reverent occasion for God because he is in our midst. And so we don't approach him in just any manner. It means that we come here with a goal in mind and our goal in mind is not just merely to perform these acts of worship but truly to pour out our hearts to him as we sing, as we pray, as we preach, as we study, as we give, as we reflect upon, as we ref- reflect upon our Father in heaven. And that's going to require effort. And it can be easy sometimes to look down and say, well, maybe I'm just not doing enough. Well, the fact that we're all here this morning, that's, that says something, that we are trying to put forth this effort. And the fact that we are trying to keep our minds focused on God is something that is powerful and something that we should recognize. And so what it means is that as we continue on in our worship in 2019, as we continue on in our worship this morning, that we continue to give praise, honor, and glory to God. We give God our very best. It's all about heart before we ever assemble. 
during we during our assembling and even after we get done, even after we conclude. It's all about heart. Our brother last week, Braden, talked about Romans chapter 12 and how we are to be a, a living sacrifice to God and how, yes, we come together and we give worship and praise to God, but in all we do, we ought to be a, a living sacrifice to our Father in heaven. And when you think about what we have done this morning, this hopefully will launch us into the new week. This hopefully will help us to even draw closer to God. You think about the Lord's Supper. It's a memorial to remember the sacrifice of Jesus. Well, we don't just forget about that sacrifice after we are dismissed. It is something that should truly move us and cause us to want to do even more. I've been studying the Sermon on the Mount, and I'm reminded of Matthew chapter 5. In Matthew chapter 5, the words of Jesus and the type of hearts that we are to have as citizens of the kingdom of God. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus said here in verse number 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Brothers and sisters, that's the mindset that we need to have. And I'm thankful that we have saints that, who have this hunger and this desire and this anticipation and willing to do whatever it takes to be able to, to worship God. That's the mindset that we have, that we come here uh, seeking to be filled by the word of God and that we draw closer to our Father who is in heaven. Worship and being closer to God is what we need to have. And this is what we need to be going after. And the more we do this, the better our lives are truly going to be. But it doesn't just end after we get done with everything here. We're going to wrap up here in a few minutes. But it doesn't mean that we no longer think about God or we kind of dismiss worship. And, okay, that's it. And we've kind of put it in this box and this is all we need to do. There should be, uh, there should be some motivation for us as we go out into the week to do even more, to draw even closer to our Father in heaven to continue to keep our minds focused on him. You see, it's all about heart. And that's going to require effort even on our part. And it's just like what we talked about this morning with the idea of the soils. What kind of heart are we going to have? How are we going to receive the word of God? We don't just hear for a few minutes and then kind of dismiss it the rest of the week. It should change our lives. And every day we should draw closer and closer to our father in heaven. Our collectivity here is about to end. But our walk with the Lord continues. We continue to worship God. We continue to be a living sacrifice for him. So what are we going to do once we do get done this morning? It doesn't end here. It continues on. And hopefully when you think about what we've talked about in our Bible classes, the songs that we have sung, the words that we have studied, the prayers that have been made, the Bible verses that have been read, that all of these things will help us to appreciate our Father in heaven even more and to make sure that we are ready for when he returns one day. It's all about heart. And we need to make sure that we have the right heart so that when he does return one day, we will be with him in heaven for eternity. So my question to you this morning is, where is your heart? Are you serving God? Are you worshiping God? Are you following God? Have you been obedient to his gospel, to his son, Jesus Christ? If you haven't, now is the time to do so. And we'd love to help you to understand more about who Jesus is and why he died and how you can be saved from your sins. If you're subject to the invitation, come now as we stand and as we sing. We have just a few announcements.